Praise the Lord. God bless you. For those that are watching online, Lord bless you. Lord loves you. And we're excited that you have connected uh, with us today. We're starting a new series, When in Doubt, called When in Doubt. But I want to share something uh, uh, quick with you, just uh, uh, something that the Lord has laid in my spirit. Uh, we just got back from Greece. Uh, Pastor Yvette and I went to uh, Greece. We were there for two weeks, and we were able to walk the steps of Paul and and see where Paul preached, and see where Paul walked, and 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 see where John was uh, in jail, and uh, we we had just a beautiful experience. And I want to share a little bit with you before I go into the message of the Lord. I I I encourage each person that can take this trip of the steps of Paul to make sure that you take advantage of it and you go. I know that as pastors, uh, my wife and I were really encouraged by what we saw, by what we experienced. And I know that the word of God, I mean, we, we say it every time that we go to Israel, the word of God comes alive when you are in these different places where the, the pioneers of the faith had stepped foot before we have. And um, one of the things that I want to share with you uh, this morning is about John in the island of Patmos. I want to show you some pictures, uh, just some aerial pictures of that area in Patmos. We, was, we were able to be there, and uh, this is the aerial picture right there in, in Patmos. There's another one uh, that I want to show you. We were not able to take pictures inside where... Uh, John was in that cell and, and, and basically it's a cave that's the window obviously you got to understand I'm taking a picture right there of the window and the window has an actual window right now but you got to understand that that window wasn't there when John was there there was no light there was no electricity there was no water there was, there was absolutely nothing absolutely nothing but I just wanted to show you the place this is uh, obviously a, a, a tour walking in there to see the cave area. Obviously, all that building is just an add-on. There's a part of the building that was there, but this part over here is just an add-on to that area. But as we walked in there in the cave and see the darkness of the cave, and uh, they even showed us the place where uh, John would lay his head uh, whatever it was that he was tired to to rest and and I'm and I'm looking at all these conditions and I'm and I'm thinking and I'm saying Lord how how easy it is for each and every one of us just to complain about situations in life and as Pastor Yvette was sharing with you all uh, before we went live that uh, the conditions in these places were extremely terrible and they had to walk miles and miles and miles and miles to get to the place to preach the word of God. Like we had said earlier, we were, we were driving from one city to the other and reaching Patmos. We went in a beautiful Mercedes-Benz uh, uh, bus that held, uh, I think it was a total of 50 people could sit there. We were 42. So we were extremely comfortable, really padded seats, nice air conditioner, nice view, nice windows, uh, a curtain that it even had a curtain. If you wanted to go to sleep, you could pass the curtain. You could stretch back your, uh, your seat in that coach. I mean, it was just amazing. But you got to understand that these men of God, they didn't have any of that. They walked from one city to the next to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
you got to understand in the condition that they were walking in, we were over there in, in Patmos, and wherever it is that you are, whether in Athens and Patmos, with, uh, Corinth, or whatever it is, it's all, it's, it's, it, all, all you see is mountain, and all you see is dirt all over the place. And some trees that are dry right now because of the season. It was hot. We're in the middle of summer, and it was hot. We were sweating. I, I believe that some of us probably were dehydrated at one point or another because we weren't drinking enough water. And I'm here thinking about John, and I'm thinking about Paul, and I'm saying, Lord, everything that they went through because of the cause of Christ, to share the gospel, to share the gospel. And, and, and for us nowadays, it's just so easy to throw in the towel. Well, you know what? I didn't get the promotion that I wanted, or I didn't get, uh, I, I don't have the building that I want, or I don't have this, or I don't have that, or, or, or this is not what I like. And, 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 and they had absolutely nothing of everything that we have. Can we say that we're overly blessed? Can you agree with me? That we're overly blessed, and yet people struggle to get to church? Does that make any sense? I mean, you got to understand, you got to, you, you will see some other pictures. I, these are the only pictures that I brought right now, but throughout the coming months, we'll share more pictures with you. And, and you will see the places that we were at. You will see where the, these men walked. Not nice tennis shoes and nice Reeboks or whatever you want to use or Nike or whatever it is. No, sandals. And yet they did it. Because they knew that they needed to share the gospel. And they, they did it in a situation, they did it in places where they were not wanted. And now we, we go back and we see that this is a land of Greece where the gospel was shit. I, I, I mean, the gospel was spread there from one end to the other. And right now there are pagan gods all over the place. And that's what they worship today. Those pagan gods. I was walking there and I was thinking about when I was in India. That they make a god out of everything. No different there. They got statues of all certain gods. And we went to a museum and all you see is gods all over the place. And that's what they worship. That's who they focus their eyes on and they idolize. And How sad. How sad. We were there driving in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the city, and I see uh, big signs of Antifa. I got pictures of that. I got pictures of uh, this building, apartment building, that from one end of the building all the way to the other, it's all just uh, uh, graffiti in reference to communism. And I, and I, and I it, it grieved my spirit, and I, and I asked the guide, I said, how come there, there's so much things going on about communism? And she tells me because that's one of the parties that we have here. They got the communist party there. I mean, and, and, and for a person like me that, that left Cuba uh, because of communism, and, and my parents left Cuba because my parents, my mom and my dad, had to take to a grave at, at one point my brother that died of three months because they put a child next to him in the hospital with meningitis and they didn't have the medication 
to cure my brother, and he died, to think that people still to this day think that communism is something good. And to know that my mom and my dad had to place the, my, my, my little infant brother in a grave. It saddens me. And to see that this is happening in a place where the gospel again was spread from one end to the other. And there's idols all over the place. That's why the Lord gave me the word in Ezekiel 37 when I got there. To pray for those dry bones. To pray for those dry bones. To prophesy the word of God. Amen? Like Pastor Yvette said earlier, there's so much that we want to share with you. I mean, uh, we came so full. We thank God for the opportunity uh, as pastors to go and walk in these places. We were in Corinth and we were able to walk in the, in, in the same uh, uh, marble that, that, that they walked on. We got pictures of it. I mean, it, it was just amazing to be able to experience this. And yes, the Bible comes alive. And yes, you, you, you cannot hold back and, and just think about what they went through for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here we are, comfortable in the States, and there's always an excuse why not to come to church. There's always a reason why not to come to church. Which is not a reason, it's just a lie. Hallelujah. I want to share the word that the Lord has given me today for this series this month. And uh, the series, like I said, is when in doubt. Overcoming doubt is one of the most difficult hurdles we climb as Christians. One has to ask, is doubt a sign of weakness? The strongest faith is not faith that never doubts. The strongest faith is a faith that grows through our doubts. We grow through our doubts. When doubt is handled properly, it can be a catalyst to a stronger faith life. This series tackles doubt head on, and we can never discover and we can never discover how doubt can actually build our faith. But we want to look here in the Word of God. And for over 2,000 years, Thomas has received a lot of bad press, a, bad, a lot of bad uh, slack. He was given the name of Doubting Thomas, if you all recall. He was given the name of Doubting Thomas. And he has been portrayed as a man filled with doubt and fear. But I think that the Bible reveals another side of Thomas. His primary problem was not of doubting. Thomas was a pessimist. He was a pessimist. pessimist. He was a glass halfway uh, full kind of person. Do you know somebody like that? He seemed to look for the negative side of every situation first. He was a kind of person who was always on the lookout for the dark side of things. Do you know someone like that? Is there someone sitting next to you that you know that is like that? That is always looking at things on the, on the dark side. You know? Just kidding. Don't, don't nudge that person. Don't tell them anything. Just pray for them and, and pray to God that, the, that this word uh, touches them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your word, Father. 
We thank you for your promises, Lord Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, that uh, the, the word will do exactly what we send it forth to do, Father. We thank you that it would penetrate the hearts, Lord, and it would penetrate the minds this morning. I thank you for all of those that are watching uh, through our uh, channel right now, Lord Jesus. I declare that you will speak to them, Lord. I pray that you would speak to them, Lord, and speak to us here, Lord, and change us and mold us, Lord. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen and amen. I want to start the reading this morning in the book of John chapter 1, verses 1 through 13. Because I want these words to sink in your spirit uh, this morning. Go to the book of John chapter 1, verses 1 through 13. And it says in the word of God, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. Life was in him, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man named John who was sent from God. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him, and he was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. How many know that we need to testify about the light? The true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name and who were born, not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. But of God. As we look at the Bible, at what the Bible has to say about Thomas, I want you to see that he he processed some admiral qualities. He, had, he, had, he possessed some admiral qualities in his life, and among them, he was loyal to the Lord. How many could say amen to that? Amen. He was loyal to the Lord. He loved Jesus. He had an, an inquiring spirit, and there's nothing wrong with an inquiring spirit. Can you say amen to that? Amen. He just wanted to know more. He was skeptical, but he was skeptical with an open, open mind to believe, to believe what he was being told. Let's look at Thomas as he is revealed in the Bible. I want you to, uh, I, I want to preach to you this morning in reference to the transformation of Thomas. I want you to see how the Lord worked in his life, in this man's life, from moving him from that state of doubt to having faith. And I think we've all have been there. I think we all can identify that at one point or another in our life, we, we have been in that place where our faith was probably not as strong as it is right now, or you're getting stronger from where you were before, or whatever it is. You're going through a situation, and, and you don't understand why you're going through it. But you got to understand that there's a reason why. There's a reason why. And we shouldn't be uh, lacking in our faith. On the contrary, we should continue to pray and seek God for more wisdom and more revelation of his word. In the book of John, chapter 20, verses 15 through 18, 
Listen to what it says. I want to give you this background of the story before I get into uh, verses 19 through 28. Jesus, on John chapter 20, verse 15, says, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? He tells her. Supposing he was the gardener, she replies, Sir, you removed him. Tell me where you have put him, and I will take him away. Obviously, she's talking about Jesus. She gets there, and she sees that the uh, tomb is completely empty, and she walks outside, and she sees these two uh, angels there. Supposing, and, and, it's, and, and it says here, supposing that he was the gardener, she replies, Sir, if you removed him, tell me where you put him. And Jesus said, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Go and tell them. Go and tell them. Verse number 18, Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. We could say that the first uh, uh, evangelist that went out was her. That she went and spoke about Jesus. I saw that the tomb is empty and Jesus had spoken to me. Let's go to John verses 19 now. In the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because of the fear of the Jews. Then Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace to you, peace to you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. So the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also sent you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven, they, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So understand this. Glory to God. God, Jesus came and he, and he spoke to them. And not only that, but he, he blew his breath on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. But one of the twelve was missing. And this was Thomas. He was not there. Was not with them. He was not with the others to see what Jesus had said. Then when Jesus came, so the other's disciple kept telling him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands and put the finger into the mark of his nails, I put my hand into his side and I will never believe. And after the eight days, his disciples were indoors again. And Thomas was with them at this time. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace to you. Verse 27 says, Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and observe my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be an unbeliever, but be a believer. Thomas responded to him, My Lord, my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Those who believe without seeing are blessed. Those who believe without seeing are blessed. 
Notice the ways Thomas is revealed in these verses. While the disciples were there, they were gathered together in, in that evening and, and the first day of the week. The disciples were gathered and, and the door is uh, completely locked. But Jesus shows up. Do we know exactly where he was? Do we know exactly where Thomas was? We have no idea whatsoever. But we know for a fact that he missed the opportunity the first time to be there when Jesus came. While the others were talking to Jesus, and I'm sure that they were having church, they were having a wonderful time, Thomas was not there. John 11, verse 11 through 16. Jesus said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought that he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus went, Jesus then told them plainly, Lazarus has died. Lazarus has died. I'm glad that for you that, that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Then Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go so that we may die with him. Let's go so that we may die with him. Jesus is going to raise Lazarus. We see on verse number uh, uh, 16, Jesus is going to raise Lazarus. And now uh, Jesus' enemies are after him. And that Jesus might die. There's a possibility that Jesus might die. But Thomas is willing to go with Jesus and die with him if necessary. And he said, he tells the other uh, disciples, he says, you know what, let's go along. Let's go along. If we go to John chapter 14, verse 5, we see here Jesus has told his disciple that he is going away. He also tells the disciples that they know where he is going. And they know how to get there themselves. Thomas responds by saying that he needs more information. That he needs more information. We don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? We can see he wasn't afraid to ask. He wasn't afraid to ask. He wasn't afraid to ask questions. His questions were not motivated by doubt, but by a desire to know more about Jesus and know exactly where he was going. These two passages reveal a man who is and in, 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 in not, not fearful at all of his life. Thomas seems to be exceedingly brave. A brave man that he doesn't mind confronting situations, confronting people that were going to attack uh, Jesus, but he didn't want him to be by himself. And he knew exactly what could happen, that they were after Jesus. He is loyal to Jesus even unto death. He loves his Lord more than his own life. This was Thomas. The one that we always see as a doubter. He would rather die than have to live without his Lord. When Jesus died on the cross, Thomas' uh, Thomas' world was uh, turned around completely. It was, it was shattered because he surely thought the worst at that time. He had no doubt. I have no doubt that probably the depression or discouragement came to him. 
because he wanted him to be around. It was not with uh, the other disciples by he was not with the other disciples by choice. He was not there because he was brokenhearted and felt their their dream had reached an end of the time of spending time with Jesus. Surely flood of of competing emotions battle for control over the heart of Thomas. Thomas was somewhere else putting that first resurrection on Sunday. He was probably mourning by himself. But whatever his reason were for missing, for missing that time of spending with Jesus, for being there at the moment that he stepped in, Thomas missed, missed much. He was not there. He was not even present when he was speaking to them the first time. On verse number 19, we see that he missed the presence of the Lord. On verse 19, we see that he missed the power of the Lord. He missed the peace of the Lord for not being there. On verse number 20, we see that praise, he, he missed the praise of the Lord. He missed it. He was, he was not there. He was someplace else. On verse 21, he missed the promotion of the Lord. On verse 23, 22 and 23, he missed the provision for the Lord. Thomas missed a lot when he missed the assembly for not being there. Regardless of his excuse for not being there, he missed some things that could never be duplicated. How many know that there's things in life that cannot be duplicated again? That you have one opportunity. One chance to experience, one chance to say something, one chance to make a change in somebody's life, one chance to repent of something that you had said to somebody that wasn't right. Others told him about it. In verse 25, we see how the, he learned about the experience, what they had experienced by others. It wasn't his experience. As I was preparing this message, I was thinking that Thomas is a good picture of why being faithful to church and service in church is so extremely important. It is so vitally important to be in church. You never know what the Lord's going to do. You could be missing something supernatural that took place in church that day and you missed it for whatever reason. You missed it for whatever reason. It could have been the Sunday that you received your breakthrough. And yet you didn't come because it was raining or whatever. The Lord even brought me to mind June 18, 1995, Father's Day, when revival broke out at Brownsville Assembly of God. I am sure that there were people that day that missed that day. When that revival break, broke out and and it went on for years and, and people coming from all over the world to see what the Lord was doing in Pensacola, Florida. And there was people that missed it that day. And it was a Father's Day. For whatever reason, they missed it. Unfortunately, people have all kinds of reasons and excuses for the services they miss. We live in days where people are extremely busy. Extremely busy. And sometimes God doesn't even rate second, third, or fourth, or sometimes not even the tenth place in their what-to-do list and priority 
and prioritizing being in the house of the Lord. And we got to understand that his worship must come first in our life. Not second, not third, not at the end of the list. People have all kinds of excuses that they offer all their time to why they miss church. Thomas missed out in being in the presence of the Lord. Andres could have been home today. His dad just passed away. But he is here in the house of the Lord. He could have been mourning at home. His dad just passed away in Mexico. But he is here today worshiping God and thanking God. I had an opportunity with him. And he was thanking God for the life that he gave to his father. Even though he died of diabetes, he thanked God for the relationship that he had with his dad and, and being able to spend time with his dad. Thomas missed it. There's nothing like that first time, that first he was able to be there the second time, but the first time he wasn't there. When you miss a service, you miss an opportunity that will never present itself again. God has something special for each and every one of us. If we will come with a clean and open heart, we will receive the blessings that God has for us. We receive blessings today just by hearing the testimonies this morning of a brother and Christ believing God for a job and supernatural uh, uh, job and applied in several places and nothing had opened up. But, but the Lord had the very best for him, the very best for him. And those that are not here today missed out on that opportunity to listen to that testimony, to listen to the testimony of Minister Sandra sharing what the Lord has done in her life with her job and, and increase and uh, a financial increase and in what he's done with her house. And we would have missed out on that if we were not here. And maybe that same testimony will be speaking to somebody else, probably over the lines or uh, over these means or whatever. If you're going through something, just continue to press in and believe God. Believe God and, and understand that regardless of the time, continue to stand in there in faith. Because God has the very best for you. God's never going to give you a leftover. He wants nothing but the best for you. And those are things that we miss out on when, when we're not present at church. Thomas was not there when Jesus appeared. The other disciples were, and they told him about all that they had seen and what Jesus had said to them. They kept on telling him about seeing Jesus and trying to convince him that the Lord was really risen from the dead. Despite their assurance and testimony, Thomas cannot bring himself to believe. He goes as far as to say, I will not believe. This is a powerful statement. I'm sure that we have come across in, in life with people that say, you know what, I, I, I can never accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and I, I, I can never do this and I can never do that. And, and after spending time with it and sharing the word of God with them, we see that so lovingly they come to Christ. We just had this experience in, in Greece. Three people, three people gave their life to Christ. You know, and others in restaurants that we were at and, 
and in the, the, the cruise that we took for three days also gave their life to Christ. But there was somebody there that was able to testify about the goodness of God and share with them. You know, it's interesting that uh, when we got on that, on that cruise that took us to the, the island of uh, Santorini and, and the other island, I'm blank right now. But the people that were working there on the cruise, believe it or not, they're all Cubans. They're all Cubans. And they have an eight-month contract with the, uh, with the uh, ship company down there in Athens and Greece. And they work on the ship for eight months. And then they go back to Cuba again. They're in Cuba for about two months. And then they come back again to work on the ship if they, if they get their uh, contract uh, renewed. But I, I, I want you to listen to this. Take a guess how much the communist country takes away from these people that are working there, uh, cleaning toilets, cleaning the cabins, serving food, cleaning the decks, doing all kinds of things. Take a guess how much do you think the communist country takes away from their salary? How much? What? 90%, no, 40% of their salary. 40% of their salary is taken away. So these people basically live off the little money that they make there and the tips that they receive to be able to take back to Cuba. That's communism. How would you like to work and have 40% taken off from your salary? Maybe that happens in California, I don't know. But think about that for a moment. But we were able to uh, share the gospel of Jesus Christ with these people. The moment that I got there and, 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 and I spoke to the girl, she told me, Tú eres cubano, you're Cuban. I, I said, yes, I am. And she says, me too. And then she started calling everybody else to go there to the counter and see that uh, I was from Cuba and that we had a group of 42 and a good portion of them were from, uh, are from Cuba. But we were able, you know what, to minister to these people and love on them. And love on them. Of what God has given to us and how God has blessed us and how uh, uh, you, you need to have faith in Christ and, and know who your Savior is and have a relationship with Christ. Huh? 40%. 40%. At least that's the one that the the. The steward that gave us the, uh, the steward gives us a uh, um, survey and he tells us, please make sure that you fill this out. Because depending on what you put there, you know what, we get increases and stuff. And that's when I asked him, well, how much do they take out of your check? And he said 40%. And I said, well, is this something that you give that you get your check here and then you take it to Cuba and, and then you give the the government 40%, he says, no, 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 no. Once we get our check, it's already sent to Cuba. The 40% is already automatically sent to Cuba. Think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. We just had a lady come in here that she just got here from Cuba just a few weeks or days ago with her, with her son. Her son is 15 years old, and, and she was here saying things are critical in Cuba. She, she just came here this morning. She just came here this morning. So I'm just telling you this because it's important that we understand that regardless where you're at, you could be a light for Christ. And there's people out there that need to hear about hope in Jesus Christ. 
and, and, and what it is to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me this morning? Mark chapter 11, um, the whole group was overcome with grief and disappointment that they could not bring themselves to believe. The only reason the ten believed was because they had seen Jesus for themselves. Thomas was only asking for them uh, uh, for proof. He wanted to see proof. Here was Thomas' problem. He was a negative person. Thomas was a negative person. And, uh, you know, we, we, we could all have negative people around us. But we got to take him back to Jesus. He was always looking for that cloud behind the silver lining. He had hoped against hope that Jesus was the Messiah and the Savior. Now, his last memory of Jesus is that of Jesus hanging on the cross. Can you imagine that? His world was falling down all around him, and he could not bring himself to believe anymore. So he rejects the words of his friends and spends his whole week in self-imposed loneliness and discouragement. Perhaps there are people in this room that have been there. Perhaps there are people in this room that, or online that have been discouraged for a while. You have a hard time believing what you cannot see with your eyes. There's people that unless they, they see it, they don't believe. And we got to understand that the word of God completely is about faith. Completely is about faith in Jesus Christ. For that reason, you have put off trusting in Jesus because you have not seen him. His claims were amazing. What the Bible says about him is hard to the human mind to grasp. Still, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you this morning to believe in Jesus and the testimonies that you hear and what we read in the Bible. Each and every one of us need to have a relationship with the Lord. Look to him and be saved. He is the only hope that we have. It's only Jesus Christ. If we, book in, if we look in the book of John chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. This lady that came in here this morning from Cuba, she was talking about the peace and that, that she has been told about coming into a church and and she was looking for a church. And I said, well, the, the, the church doesn't give you the peace. The peace is given to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. The church is just a building, four walls. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ that gives you that peace. If we go to the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 12, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people. And we must be saved by it. And that's the name of Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 24. Therefore I told you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. It's very clear in the word of God. Perhaps others have lived their lives shaken by disappointments in your life. You've had disappointments in your life. Can you raise your hand if that's you? I've been disappointed numerous times. And it's tough to be disappointed by people that you love. And sometimes even family member, you get disappointed. You get disillusioned and, and think the claims of Jesus are too good to be true. But they are true. Jesus loves us. And he wants to give us another opportunity. And he's there to strengthen us when 
when, when we're down and we're, when we're, you know, just in doubt or when we're depressed or whatever it might be, he is there for you. And he wants to give you another opportunity. He wants to give you that strength that we need, that each and every one of us need. I want you to stand this morning. The Spirit of the living God convinced us of that truth one day. It was only through the Spirit of the living God. It was the Spirit of the living God and Bethel Assemblies of God that we came to Christ. Pastor Yvette and myself. The Spirit of the living God was there in that place. We, like the ten disciples, believed and were saved and filled with peace, joy, and spiritual life. Those same blessings can be yours today. Thomas finally came along, and he believed. In verses 29, Jesus tells Thomas something that you need to hear today, and he tells Thomas, Thomas had believed because of what he had seen with his eyes. Jesus then says something very important to him, and he says that those who believe without seeing are even more blessed than Thomas. Those that see without seeing are more blessed than Thomas. That is the good news. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. We don't have to see everything. We just have to believe. We just have to believe with our heart. We just have to believe with our mind. Again, Jesus says that those who believe without seeing are even more blessed than Thomas. None of us will ever see the physical person of Jesus. You could experience his, his warmth around you. You could experience his presence around you. You could experience his love. You could experience his whispers. But his physical presence, not until we see him eye to eye when we get to heaven. But still, in the time that we are here, we still need to believe that he is there, that he is with us. He's with our children. He's with our family members. Whether they are here or not, he is with them. And the word that the Lord has instilled in your spirit about your family, that word will not return void. As for me and my house. Even if you have a doubting Thomas in your family right now. We do. But I know that one day, regardless how hard his heart might be. And I understand this person because what this person sees in the streets of this country on a daily basis and, and works with criminals and works with uh, people out there on a daily basis. I know that his heart has gotten hardened because of that and the passing away of his father being my father-in-law. But I know that one day he will come to Christ without a doubt because we believe we believe. We don't, we, don't, we don't have to see it, but we believe and we speak the word. 
Don't be moved by that Thomas that you have in your family. Don't be moved by that Thomas that you have. Probably you're married to a Thomas. Don't be moved by that. Don't be moved by what you see with your kids. Be moved about what you're speaking with your words, what you're declaring over their life. It's hard to see a mother that has gone through a, with a child and, and drugs. And there was a mother that said this here in this sanctuary not too long ago. And she said, you know what? I saw my, my son just being wasted with drugs. And, and the only thing that I could do is say, I, I put you in the hands of God. That is not easy for anyone to do, for any parent to do. But this mother saw beyond what she was seeing with her eyes. She spoke in the spirit. And she said, I, I put my son in your hands, Lord. You take care of him. And still to this day, she still believes. And this day, she has seen a change in her son. Don't let the spirit of doubting Thomas get on you. But believe God. Believe God. We got to be a people that we're not moved by what we see with our eyes, but what we know in our heart and in our spirit. That God is greater than what I see. God is more powerful than what I see. God can make a way where there is no way. He will make that bridge, open that door, bust that lock open. He will do it. But we got to believe. We got to believe. Mark chapter 8, verse 36 and 37. For what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world yet to lose his life? What? What can a man give in exchange for his life? Those are some strong words. We need to give everything that we have for Christ. Because he's the only thing that we need. We don't need anything else. We need his love, his mercy, and his grace in our life. His strength in our life. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. And I know that if I would give you the opportunity and I would give you the mic, you would have reason why to doubt. Because you have gone through things in life that, that are just incredible, but the Lord has, has brought you up to here, up to today for a reason. For a reason, don't doubt. And there's more that the Lord wants to do in your life. For those that are watching online right now, I want to give you the opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning. Maybe you say, Pastor, you, you have no idea what I'm going through. And, and, and I love the scriptures that you have read, and I, and I see Christ all over it, but, but just everything that I'm going through right now, I just, I, I, I just can't see a way out. And I'm here to tell you this morning that, you know what, your way out, the name is Christ. Jesus Christ. It's your only way. You don't have another option. The only thing that you have right now to do 
is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that peace that surpasses all understanding, that door will be open, that you, you will be able to lay again in bed tonight and have that peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Pastor, you don't understand where, where I came from. I, I probably don't understand it. But Christ does because he paid the price for you. And I want to give you the opportunity right now. Maybe you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And this is your moment. This is a day that you're watching us. This is not a coincidence. This is a divine appointment that God has with you today. So right there where you're at, I don't know if you're in a hospital bed. I don't know if you're at home. I don't know if you're in jail. I, I don't know where you're at, but you're watching us right now. I just want you to repeat these words after me. And all of those that are here this morning, we will say them as well because we want to make sure that we're right with Christ. So right there where you're at, just lift up your hands. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I accept your son right now as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I've been a sinner. I've been doing things my way for many years. But right now, Lord, I accept your son as my Lord. And I declare that in Jesus' name, by the power of the blood, by the power of his love, and his might, I am saved right now. All my sins are forgiven. All my sins are cast away. Lord, help me to walk with you each and every day from this day forward. Speak to me, Lord. Wake me up in the middle of the night, Lord Jesus. I want to hear you. I want to feel you, Lord. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Heaven is rejoicing right now for what you did. And so are we as well. I want you to send us an email and let us know that you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ for the first time in your life right now, today. It's a glorious day in heaven. And we want to rejoice together with you. Send us a short email and let us know. And we'll tell you about your next step. God bless you. And we will be together again next Sunday. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.